Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. At this time, I want to welcome you to Covenants. It's the secret to flourishing relationships, and this is week two. I want to open with a story. When Gina and I were first married, um, we went through the honeymoon, we came home, we're going through life, we did our grocery shopping, and I wake up one morning and I see her sitting at the table with a bowl for her cereal, but what shocked me is she had four boxes of cereal sitting there, and they were all open, and I'm like, can she eat four bowls of cereal? I'm like absolutely shocked, and I thought, maybe she's doing what I like to do. I, back then, I was younger, I'd like to read the back of all the cereal boxes and look for the gifts, the toys in there, you know, the surprises. I thought maybe she's doing that, but then she did something that absolutely shocked me. It blew me away. She took the first box, and she poured it in her bowl, but she only went up about a quarter of the bowl. Then she took her second box and poured it in, had about half a bowl now. She took her third, and then she took her fourth. Then she mixed them all together with her spoon, and I'm like petrified at this point. And uh, then she poured her milk in, and she began to eat her cereal. Now, I'm blown away. I'm I'm almost in tears. I'm so blown away over this. So I said to my wife, I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm eating breakfast. I said, I know that, but I said, you just mix four different kind of cereals together. You don't do that. And she just looked at me and she said, that's the way I eat my cereal. Deal with it. And uh, <laughs> she, she drew her first boundary. And I, I didn't even know what a boundary was, but but it backed me off. And, and uh, she has a Boundaries Connect group if you want to learn how to draw those boundaries. But I'm a purist. I'm a cereal purist. If I'm going to eat something, it's, you know, Captain Crunch, that's it, man. And, and then if you want some raisin bran, you do that separate at a different time in a, in a different bowl. So I want you to help me. This will help for our message today. Uh, how many cereal mixers do we have in this room? And, and just raise your hand if whenever you eat cereal, you're a mixer. Put it up. Look at how few of you there are. I want you to just see that, okay? <coughs> how many cereal purists do we have in this room? Whoa, look at the numbers. Let's give it up, guys, for the purists that are in this room. <laughs> you know what? When it comes to cereal, it really doesn't matter if you mix or you don't. I, I've mixed once. I've I I got to just, just confess to you, I, I had some frosted uh, mini-wheats with some unfrosted mini-wheats, and I, I, I mixed them. So I just want to let you know I did mix one time. God could care less. It doesn't matter if you mix at all. But here's what matters. The one thing you don't want to mix is covenants. <laughs> You do not want to mix covenants. That's what we're talking about. The, the Old Testament has four covenants in it. You, you, you need to know we're not in any of them. Uh, the Abrahamic has been spliced in ours, but those other three, they don't even touch our lives. And then the, the New Testament is about one covenant, and that's the one we're in, and we want to talk about it today. And I want to talk a little bit about it. I also want to compare it all the way through with this Old Covenant that's known as the Mosaic Covenant. That's the covenant God made with Moses and Israel and that covenant still is working. The Bible says it's fading away. God's still going to honor Israel, protect them, and do many of the things he said he would do in that covenant. But I know when I was young, the first couple churches I went to, I had great pastors. I mean, they were what you would call shepherds. They, were, uh, they, 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 they watched the, sh the flock. They protected the flock. They were people, uh, uh, people persons. They just loved people. They were also great teachers. 
But there's something they did, and I didn't understand it when I first experienced it, but they were mixers, not cereal mixers, but covenant mixers. And one week I'd walk out of church like, yeah, this is awesome, I can do it. And then another week I'd walk out with my head down because they're reading old covenant scriptures that have nothing to do with me. And it's good to use the Old Testament, but they're not pulling principles out. They're teaching it as if I have to do it exactly the way it says. And I'm under condemnation, I'm confused, and I'm thinking, didn't you say this last week? Now this week you're saying this. And, and see the confusion that comes with mixing anything. There's just lots of confusion. So what, what I want you to walk out today is uh, understanding that our covenant is so incredible, it's so different, and the last thing in the world we want to do is mix covenants. So the first thing, my first segment here, I want to do a spiritual boxing match between the old and the new covenant. So I want to ask you a question. Are you ready to rumble? We're going to have an incredible time. And in this corner, we have the old covenant. It's coming here at 3,500 years old. And in this covenant, we ha or this corner, we have the new covenant. They're laughing at me up here. We have the new covenant. And it's slim and mean coming at us at only 2,000 plus a few years old. And I just want a little epic battle, two rounds, all right? I just want to talk about the old covenant versus the new covenant with you just to help you understand some of the differences. So here's, here's my first scripture. It's Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 and 2. This is Old Covenant. He's taking his swing. It goes like this. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings. And then in verses 3 through 14, every blessing you could ever imagine. I encourage you to read them this week. He lists, I mean, has your health, uh, your prosperity, uh, your freedom, everything you could imagine, he lists as a blessing. And here, here's what I want you to notice. In their covenant, they had to fully obey and carefully keep everything written in it. So we're talking about the type of clothing. They weren't allowed to mix certain fabrics. They weren't allowed to mix certain foods. They weren't allowed to eat certain foods. They had to obey everything to a T. And if they did, God would bless them. Now, our obedience is really important, guys. Obedience is important. There is reward in our covenant for obedience. God rewards us. There will be rewards in heaven. God wants us to grow and obey him. But our blessings aren't connected to perfect or perfection or obedience in that sense. And that's important to understand. It's amazing as we study the scriptures. In Colossians 2, 6, there's a key verse and it says, as you have received Christ Jesus, continue to walk in him. How did we receive him? We believe by faith. And in our covenant, blessings come by believing. And that's important to understand. Obedience is important. But listen to Mark eleven twenty two through 24, and it reads like this. Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Verse 24 is the key for us. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. It's by faith. You know, I'm, doing, I'm working on an incredible series for the, uh, after Easter, and I'll have a lesson where I really get to go into this, and we'll be blessed by it. But here's all I want you to see today. Man, obedience is important, but you can be the perfect Christian and have God not answer your prayers, have God not move in your life, because 
for us, we have to release faith. And if we think if we just live perfect, God's going to move in our lives and do all these things. He does bless us for it, but not at the level you and I will need God to do it. So I want to draw this conclusion. Living obediently brought blessings in the old covenant. That's all they had to do. They didn't have to do anything else. If they just obeyed everything, the blessings came. In the new covenant, living obediently won't bring blessings. There's benefits, but if we do everything perfect, we're still going to have to pray and believe God and pray and release faith. So I like to say it this way. In the new covenant, only believing promises will bring blessings. That's, that's what we have to do in order to get the blessings. We have the blessings of Abraham which come by faith. Now, if you don't understand that, you can go pull a verse out of that old covenant and you can teach it and you could cause people to be so confused. And that's what I'm trying to do today, just help you see, man, our covenant's incredible, it's different. And here's one more thought. This is a good thought. Deuteronomy 28, verse 15, and it goes like this. But if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God, we're in the same chapter, by the way, um, and do not obey all the commands and decrees I'm giving you today, all these curses will come and overwhelm you. I don't know if you've ever had a dog chase you, but I've had quite a few dogs chase me over the years, and I've jumped into some trees to get away from them, and uh, it's, it's not a fun feeling. But when something's chasing you, you're trying to get away, and it's running you down. And a curse is something that's aggressive. It's something that's coming at you. So we live in a cursed world, and the curses of the law would be, um, you know, physical problems, sickness and disease. It would be poverty. It would be any kind of captivity. And we live in a world where those things hit us, but they're not chasing us down and trying to jump on us. And that's what the curse is. So think about this. If they didn't obey God perfectly, these curses came and ran them down. Now, we have to know that's not in our covenant. And in our covenant, it's totally different. And here's one main thing you want to understand about our covenant. I love this, Galatians 3, verse 15, or 13. It says, but Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law when he was hung on the cross. He took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing, for it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. How many of us are glad curses aren't following us today? It's absolutely incredible. Guys, put up the verse that's going to be our last verse. I just want to touch it at this time. Here's what's hunting you down, guys. It's incredible, and I want to read it to you. Psalm 23, verse 6 reads this way. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So if you're a Christian, heaven's your future destination. But curses aren't running you down. You know what's running you down if you're a Christian? goodness and mercy. You may not understand this, but when you woke up today and you left your house, guess who followed you? It's chasing you. Goodness and mercy are trying to run you down. They're coming at you, and you and I can push that away by what we think and how we think the wrong way. And how cool would it be tomorrow if you woke up? How cool would it be if the first words that came out of your mouth are saying, this is an incredible day. Today, goodness and mercy are chasing me down. Today, God's coming at me with all of his good things. God's coming at me with goodness. And how many of us like the, the word mercy, man? Mercy is important because when we blow it, what do we need? We need mercy. We need God's forgiveness. And that's what we have coming at us all the time. So here's some conclusions uh, with the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant, living disobediently, brought the curse. In the New Covenant, living disobediently won't bring a curse. What does it bring? It brings the very blessings of God. Hey, here's what I want you to walk out with understanding today, guys. 
The new covenant is God's best and final covenant. It is so absolutely cool, and it's so good. And I want to help you understand the differences. Here's a really cool scripture. You ready? Hebrews 8, 6. But in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs, the old high priest, as the covenant of which he is mediator is superior to the old one, since the new covenant is established on better promises. Now notice it's different, but it's also superior. Something else that happened in our early marriage, we were probably married, um, I don't know, a couple years, and uh, <coughs> I grew up eating a certain way because of, you know, how my parents did things, and, and one, of, one of our traditions growing up was on Sunday, my dad would go to early Mass, and then after Mass, he would stop at the Warren Bakery, he'd buy their homemade bread, and he'd buy a couple dozens of donuts because there were seven boys at our house and mom and dad. And he'd bring that home, but then he would cook. And he had this meal he cooked every Sunday. He would cook bacon in this big electric skillet with homemade sausage. And when it was all done, he took the bacon out, the sausage out, but he, allowed, he left the grease in there. Then he cut up potatoes and he fried them in that leftover bacon sausage grease. Then he fried that up. And, and, and then... When he was done, he took the potatoes out, still grease in there. Then he broke the eggs and fried the eggs in that grease. And he didn't even have to flip them o over easy. He would just get that hot grease and kind of knock it over the egg, and it cooked the egg. And that's the breakfast we had with toast, that fresh toast butter. We ate that every day. So now I'm married, and at the time, I'm very trim, and I'm running every, every day. And, and Gina looks at me one day, and she says, you know, that's really bad for you. I'm eating, I'm, I'm eating uh, eggs and bacon. She goes, that's really bad. You should stop eating that. And I said, honey, look what you're eating. You're eating oatmeal. And she says, oatmeal is better than that. And I said, honey, no, no, no. Bacon and eggs are way better and healthier than oatmeal. And this is before there was an internet and uh, <laughs> couldn't Google anything at that time. And, and I, at that time in my life, I loved to debate. I don't need facts to have an argument or a debate. I, I just make them up as I go, and I act like I believe them. And uh, so, so I'm, I'm having this big debate with her. Aiken and eggs are better. So here's my big example. My big example is the American farmer. And uh, when I was young, I spent some time on a dairy farm, and I hung out there, and I'd get up early and go help them do all their chores. And we always came in, and they had this huge bacon and egg base breakfast with fried potatoes. And I said, the American farmer, I said, I know these old farmers, they're in shape. And I said, they look healthy. And she would say, yeah, they're in shape. They work harder. She said, you're not working these eggs off like they did in this bacon. And then she said, that doesn't mean they won't die of a heart attack. And we had this debate. Well, I want you to know, years later, I conceded and I agreed with her that oatmeal is definitely a better food to eat than bacon and eggs. And here's what I want to say to you. The new covenant is God's best and God's last covenant. It's oatmeal. And the old covenant is bacon and eggs, guys. And it's just not going to bless you like this new covenant is. It's going to bless you in every single way that you can imagine. So I want to just show you some differences between the covenants and uh, help you out. And here's the number one difference, uh, or the first thing I want to show you, is our covenant has a better high priest. And listen to how it reads, Hebrews 7, verses 23 through 25. There, there were many priests in the old system, that's Moses' covenant, for death prevented them from re remaining in office. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. 
He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. So I want you to think of that old covenant. We had these guys that died, and they probably could care less about what they were doing, but they had to do it. They had to, you know, represent the people of God. And, and those folks died. Those folks were on earth. But now we have a high priest that went, and he sits right before the throne of God. And I want you to just look at that last verse. I want to emphasize it for a second. He is right there with God, the Father, and he forever lives to intercede for you. And all of us sit here, man, we're all growing, aren't we? We all have imperfections. We all sit here, and for me to know that when I accepted Christ, I entered into this covenant, and I have a high priest, Jesus, who forever lives to intercede, to advocate for me. He's up there praying for us, guys. He's up there backing you up. And when you mess up, he's looking at God and says, I see what's inside of them. They're covered with my blood. And God's saying amen to all of that. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited that we have a high priest that's forever right up there with God the Father interceding in our behalf, guys. It's incredible. The new covenant is God's best. And God's final covenant. And I can see why he made it final. Right connected to that is the sacrifice. Get a hold of this. Uh, we have a better sacrifice than they did. You know, that high priest, once a year, he would go into the Holy of Holies, and it was represented by the Ark of the Covenant, the inner sanctuary of Moses' covenant. He'd sprinkle it with blood once a year. It was for the sins of the people, and it covered their sins for another year. Listen to what the Bible says about Jesus. Hebrews 10, verse 11. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sin. Key phrase. It just covered. didn't take away. He goes on to say, but our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins. I like this. Good for all times, man. Even up here, 2,000 plus years later. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. Verse 14 for by that one offering, he has forever made perfect those who are being made holy. <laughs> I love this, guys. Jesus gave us life. We, had, we saw that in the Lord's Supper today, Holy Communion. And it was a sacrifice that's so powerful. It's a forever sacrifice. It didn't just cover your sins. It obliviated your sins and washed them away. And did you notice this? This is key. It says, the last, last part, it says, he forever made perfect, that's anybody that becomes a Christian, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. The word holy means purity. And he has perfected us. That means on the inside, the real you, and we're going to talk about that in a moment, is holy, and blameless, and without fault before God. And that's incredible. But guess what we're doing? We're still growing. Every, every day, we're becoming more pure before God as we walk and follow and pursue Jesus. So you can't become pure unless you're made perfect. You're made perfect when you accept Jesus. I remember years ago, there was a guy that attended church here, and this guy worried about committing the unpardonable sin. I don't know if any of you have ever worried, did I commit the unpardonable sin? And he would come up to me after services, and he'd say, Pastor Joe, I need to talk to you. I know I committed the unpardonable sin, and, and I believe God can never forgive me for this particular sin that I committed. And he'd be so fearful. And I would look at him, and I'd say, here's the first thing you want to know. If you committed the unpardonable sin, 
you wouldn't be in church today and you wouldn't be asking me this question because if you commit that sin, you will despise God and you'll want nothing to do with God. And he looks at me and his eyes open up. He says, you, you serious about that? I said, yeah, you didn't commit it. He goes, but you don't know me. I said, you didn't commit the unpardonable. Every sin is pardonable. There's one that's not. And, and, and I went down further in this chapter and I showed him, I said, this is written to Jewish Christians. That's why it's called Hebrews, the book of Hebrews. And uh, it's written to Jewish Christians. And I said, here's what's happening. They're being forced by their relatives who are not Christians to convert back to Judaism. And God's telling them in there, hey, if you walk away from Jesus and convert back to Judaism, there's no more sacrifice that can be made for you. It's so powerful and so cool. I mean, it's one sacrifice. God's not doing a second way here, guys. And he just tells them, There'll be no forgiveness for you if you walk away from Jesus. And if you want to talk about an unpardonable sin, that's, that's definitely an unpardonable sin. But if you did that, you would know it, guys. And the reason you and I are secure in Christ, he's got us in his hands, is because that sacrifice is so powerful. And you might be sitting here just, you know, feeling condemned. You, you, you might think, you don't understand me. You don't know who, we are, who I am. Well, God wants to purify you, and he can, and he will. But you're perfect as far as in God's sight, you're holy and blameless and without fault. And I don't know about you, but that what, that's what releases me to want to pursue God. Like, God, I don't understand how you forgave me 792 times for the same thing over the last three, three, 30 years, but you did it, and I thank you for it, and, and, and I'm going to keep pursuing you, and he keeps making us more, more pure. Here's something else that's totally incredible with our covenant, and it goes like this. Uh, you and I know God from day one. They, they didn't have any idea who God was. They didn't know God. But you and I know him because in order to get into our covenant, you have to see Jesus as the Messiah. <laughs> if, if you don't see God and, and know who he is, you have to see he's the Savior. And, and when Peter s said to Jesus, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God, what did he say to Peter? Man has not revealed that to you but my Father which is in heaven. And this covenant is so unique. I remember before I accepted Christ, I didn't want anything to do with God. I didn't know anything about God. I was ready to, I wasn't going to church and my plans were to never go to church again as long as I lived and here I am pastoring. And uh, so that was my plan. And then one day I saw Jesus for who he was. And I don't care who talks to me, I don't care what anybody says, I know who Jesus is. I know him. And they didn't have what you and I have. They're just following a bunch of rules and regulations. Listen to what it says in Hebrews 8.11. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, you should know the Lord. For everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already. Do we know everything we need to know about Jesus? No, we're growing and learning more about him all the time. But do we know him? Yeah. We know who Jesus is. We saw him for who he is. And that's absolutely amazing. That makes our covenant so much better than their covenant. The new covenant is God's best and God's last and final covenant. Here's something else that's really cool. Listen to this. It, it, it goes like this. Internal conversion. And I wasn't, all, I, I remember reading about their covenant, wasn't excited about it at all when I first read about it because uh, they had this external thing they had to do. But listen to Colossians 2.11. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. 
Something on the inside happened when you saw Jesus and you accepted him. I like the way Ezekiel says it, 36, 26, and I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And everybody here that had a time, I could have you guys stand up like popcorn and talk about what happened when you gave your heart to Jesus. There was a surgery that took place inside of us. And I don't know how to explain it, except I, am a, I, I was a different guy the day be after than I was the day before. And in their covenant, nothing changed. They just had to follow these rules. Can you imagine how hard it is just to follow a bunch of rules? And, and someday when you get to heaven, you're going to see God. And someday you're going to understand. And in our covenant, wham, he changes us from the inside out. And even when a Christian backslides, that's Christianese for walks away from following God. Even when they backslide, they know deep down this thing's real and I'm different on the inside. And I watch people all the time come back to God and it's like they never left because we were changed and made perfect on the inside. We're holy and blameless by birth and that's absolutely incredible. And here's my last little point. It's pretty cool. It goes like this. There's internal growth. And I stand before you so different than I was last year at this date and time and so different than I was 10 years ago because something's happening on the inside. In their covenant, you know what God wrote on? He wrote on stones. He wrote Ten Commandments. Moses showed the Ten Commandments to the people that said, this, this is what God has to say to you. And it was outside. But listen to this. Hebrews 8.10. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day. And that includes us. We're grafted in. He says, I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And that's what's happening right now. That's what happens week in and week out. You know how we say our ultimate goal is to turn people into followers of Christ? We're growing, guys. I'm telling you what, there's things that, that I struggled with last year that this year I, 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 don't, I don't even think twice about those things. Something's happened. I have people tell me, my wife tells me, she says, you're a different guy than you were last year. And I go, I know. I said, it's, I'm just growing. What's happening? God's writing things on our hearts, man. He's writing his, his very purpose, his very will. He's, he's growing us, and our hearts and minds are being filled up with him. And one day we look and we say, what happened? You know why I share that? Some of you are in here and you're kind of hopeless, thinking, will I ever get it? I'm telling you, you're going to get it. Just stick it, stick with it. Man, just keep coming to church, keep listening, keep reading your Bible. And you know what we have? It's not out on a tablet, man. God's changing us and growing us internally, and that's exciting. I want to ask you a question. How many of you are excited that you're part of the new covenant? I could do a series just on this one, but can we just give it up one more time for God? It's absolutely incredible, guys. Incredible. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for who you are and what you are, and we thank you for our covenant. And as we go through this week, open up our hearts and eyes to the things we heard this week. I, I, I ask you to help those people that mix cereal too, Lord, and uh, grow them, grow them, change them, Lord. And uh, church can be fun too, right, guys? But now back to serious, all right? You ready? Lord, make it real to us that we're not to mix and make it real to us what we have. It's incredible, Lord. It's incredible. And Father, if there's anyone here that hasn't seen Jesus like we did, their eyes haven't been opened, may this be the weekend, Lord. May this be the weekend that changes everything. And his heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We're in a time of prayer. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I cannot remember a day in my life when I made it real with Jesus, but I'm ready to do it today. 
I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a child or an adult. Uh, here's what I'm asking you. Can you remember a day when from your heart you said, Jesus, I see you as Messiah and I make a decision to follow you today. That's when I, my life changed. That's when hundreds of people here in this room, their lives changed. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I'm ready to call on this name. I'm ready to accept him. Would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, would you help them? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe I receive you today as my Savior. And I make a decision to follow you. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.